0: sing together you know joy isn't based on happiness joy is based on the knowledge that God is our savior and he will never never forsake us let's sing it together there's revival and it's spreading like a wildfire in my Sunday morning, hallelujah, and it's lasting.
1: Well, good morning and welcome to First Baptist Church. We're glad to have you here to worship with us this morning. Just wanted to say happy Mother's Day to the mothers out there, and thank you for all of your sacrifices. If you're a guest with us, uh, you'll see there in the pew rack in front of you a little white guest registration card, and if you can take just a moment to fill this out for us during the service, and uh, at the conclusion of the service, as you're exiting, if you head down the hall to your left, uh, there at the welcome desk, you can... Either give this to our lead pastor, Dr. Cox, he'll be there, or there's also a, a drop box you can place that in as well. And that's a great gift for us and a great way uh, for you to get connected with the church. You can indicate on here ways that we can pray for you. You can indicate on here to receive our newsletter, to know all the things that are going on in the life of our church. And so we'd love to be able to, uh, to make that connection with you and, and just say thank you first for, for doing that. Uh, we're going to pray. And then we're going to jump right in to continue to worship. Let's take just a moment to thank God for being here this morning. Lord God, we just thank you that we can be here, that we can gather here together as a church family uh, to worship you. And Father, we just want to to pause and just say thank you uh, for our mothers and thank you for all that they've done for us and and, uh, the love that they've shown us and sacrifices that they've made for us. And so we just thank you, God, for... Uh, making the family and giving us mothers. God, we just want to pause as we gather here today to worship, Lord, that we just uh, be challenged by your word and changed by it. And Lord, we thank you uh, to know that you're faithful, that you're a promise keeper, Lord, that you uh, hold to the promises that you make in your word and so we can read about the the grace that you give us, the love that you show us, your faithfulness that is new every morning. Father, God, we just pause to say thank you. Be with us. Lead us as we worship now. It's in your son's name we pray.
0: Will you stand with us? I love this song. God is a promise keeper. You know, he's not just a promise maker. He's a promise keeper. And we can trust him with our lives. We can trust, trust him with the things of our hearts. For our salvation. What can I give to you? What can I offer? i for your salvation. Thank you for never giving up on us, Lord. Even when we stray from you, even when we walk away from you, when we spit in your face, Lord, you never give up on us. And Lord, we're so thankful for your salvation. We're thankful for that. Oh, Lord, may we live lives worthy of the calling that you've called us to. Help us to hear from you today. As Dr. Cox brings you the message, Lord, I pray you'll speak through him in a mighty way. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Please be seated.
2: Good morning. It's good to see you. Good to worship with you today. I want to add my um, thanks to mothers and congratulations to them. I'm grateful for my mom, a Christian mom who's now in heaven, who a great influence on my life. And we share that. I want to encourage you uh, to consider downloading our church app. In the center uh, page in your worship bulletin is a QR code. If you hold your smartphone over that, open the camera app, and it'll give you an opportunity to, to download our church app. If you didn't pick up a worship bulletin, pick up one in the foyer. And that will give you the sermon notes that we're about to share are there on that app, and you can fill them in there, follow along there, have them with you if you choose, You can access our weekly newsletter, you can see our calendar of events. If you're ever out wondering when when is Vacation Bible School, you can see it right there. You can listen to sermons, watch sermons, you can give online, all very easily on your church app. And so I want to encourage you to download that uh, using that QR code in the center of your worship guide. God has not intended for us to live life alone, and so God in his goodness to us. Has given us two institutions that he created to give us fellowship and community and support. So God has created two communities. These are the only institutions that God has created. I believe these institutions are the greatest institutions in the world, and they are the ones that are most important. I want to share them with you today and ask you to consider what is your place, what's your role in these two communities, these two institutions. The first institution that God has founded is the family. God created the family. I want to invite you to open your Bible to Mark chapter 10. We're going to read the words of Jesus in these verses. And Jesus was asked by people, when was it okay to divorce? And Jesus, to answer that question, went back to the blueprint. He said, let's go back to God's original plan where God created the family and see what his blueprint is. So in these verses, Jesus is quoting two verses from Genesis 1 through 2. So you could read these verses I'm going to read in Mark 10, or you could read them in Genesis 1, 1, and 2. And first of all, Jesus in verse 6, Mark 10:6, quoted Genesis 1:27. But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. That's Genesis 127 that Jesus quotes. And so Jesus said that God created us first with gender. He made you either male or female. And that gender is a good gift given by a sovereign God to be received with thanksgiving. When a baby is born, the doctor says, May say, it's a boy, it's a girl, and everybody rejoices. And now that technology is advanced so in the medical field, they have these gender reveal parties. And they send up these blue balloons or pink balloons or blue confetti or pink confetti or some kind of stuff. And everybody and when it and when that goes off, everybody says, Yay! Because we receive with thanksgiving the good gift of gender that God has given to us. What if but now some people today are not accepting that good gift that God has sovereignly given and are saying they're the wrong gender and they want to change their gender. What if you gave your mother today? What if your little child saved his money and went to the store and bought a bouquet of daisies and gave them to his mother today and his mother said, I'm not a daisy person, I'm a rose person, I don't want that gift. Don't you think that would hurt that child's feelings? It is an insult to God when we don't accept the sovereignly given good gift of gender that he has given to us. God made us male and female, and that is the basis of the family. And today, some families are even letting their children choose their gender. They're not old enough to vote. They're not old enough to drive a car. They're not even old enough to pick out the right breakfast cereal. They would eat Lucky Charms every day of the week. But we let them, okay, you can choose your gender. Listen, the, ba- the first part of God's blueprint is the sovereign gift of gender. At the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Then, on the basis of that, because we are gender, both male and female, God instituted marriage, the family. Verse 7 is a quote of Genesis two twenty four. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. So get the elements of the blueprint there. There is one man and one woman. Not two men or two women, but a man and a woman. And there's only one man and one woman. Now, there's polygamy in the Bible. Some of the characters of the Bible had more than one wife. But that's not in the blueprint. There's all kind of sinful stuff going on in the Bible. But that's not in the blueprint. The blueprint is, in Genesis, there's a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. I like the King James Version because it rhymes. A man will leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. You leave and you cleave. Are you, there's two movements. There's a rearranging of loyalties. You break that primary loyalty to mom, to dad. That should have been your primary loyalty up to this point. And Then you break that primary loyalty, still honor them all of your life, but now that primary loyalty shifts to a spouse, A man will leave his father and mother and be united. Look at that word united. The word united means, it's translated elsewhere in the New Testament, joined. It's translated elsewhere in the New Testament, cling. It's translated elsewhere in the New Testament, stick. It means to be glued. Wives, on your way home today, turn to your husband and say, I'm sticking with you like gorilla glue. That's what this word means. It's translated in the New Testament, stick like dirt sticking to the shoes of feet. That's a passage in the New Testament about the the dirt that clings to the shoes of your feet. So guys on the way home, you turn to your wife and say, I'm sticking with you like mud on boots. You know that mud that you just can't get off of those boots? You stick with your wife like that. That's what these words mean. And they'll be united to his wife. And verse 8 continues Genesis 24 and the two will become one flesh they're a team they're not against each other they're for each other there's solidarity so there's no longer two but one flesh and out of that maleness and femaleness where they come together and they become one flesh God gives the gift of children and that is the institution that God has created the family the home God made this it is a blessing of an institution he's given to us. So I want to ask you, first of all, how are you doing in your role in your family, whether you're a child to your parents or a parent to your children or a husband to your wife or wife to your husband or whatever role you have in your family? Maybe you have adult children or you, you have grandparents. What is your role in your family? How are you doing there in this institution God has given us? Could I give you just two proverbs to think about in that regard? First of all, for husbands and wives, would you think about Proverbs 14.1? The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands the foolish one tears hers down. So, would you just think, wives, husbands, applies to both, are you building up your house or are you tearing it down? By your words, the way you talk, by your actions, by the investment of your time, are you building it up or are you tearing it down? Then could I just give you another verse for parents and children? Proverbs 23, 22. Listen, if you're a, a teenager, a child, would you listen to this verse? Listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. Would you submit yourself to your parents? Would you listen? Would you humble yourself? Would you take their advice? I want to offer you a word of encouragement if you're struggling in your family. Could I just offer you a word of encouragement? I'll tell you a story. So when one of my sons was about 15, we had some of the normal conflicts. I had a strong-willed son. I'm strong-willed. And I remember saying to my wife, he just won't listen to me. Maybe some of you other parents could identify. I don't know. Fast forward 15 years later, and he was 30, and he was teaching teaching. In Sunday school in his church teaching teenage boys about 15 16 years old you sort of know where this is going don't you so they got permission to paint their Sunday school room and they met on Saturday or Sunday afternoon and uh, they and, and so my son said to them they had carpet down in the Sunday school room he said don't open the paint until I get these drop cloths spread out all over this carpet. Okay, don't open the paint. So he said, I'm over there, he's telling me this story later. I'm spreading these drop cloths out there, and they've opened the paint over the couch that's in there. And they spill the paint, and it runs down into the couch, and it's dripping out the bottom of the couch onto the carpet. And he says to them, don't touch it, I'll go get something to clean it up, don't touch it. And so he goes to get something to clean it up, and when he comes back, it's dripping onto the carpet. So two of these guys have gotten the idea. They pick up the couch and go down the carpeted hall with it to take it outside so it drips paint all the way down the church carpeted hall outside. And he's telling me this story later, and he says, Dad, these kids just won't listen. And I just break out laughing. He says, What are you laughing at? I said, I said the same words about you 15 years ago. And then I got to thinking, I wonder if my dad said the same words about me. You know? Don't give up. The final chapter of your family is not written till it's over. You hang in there, parents. Hang in there, kids. Hang in there, husbands. Hang in there. The final chapter of your family is not written. You be encouraged. But give your best to your family because it's an institution that God created for your flourishing for your good. There's a second institution that God created. He only made two. And secondly, God has created the church. Let me read to you from Matthew chapter 16, verses 15 and following. Jesus was on a retreat with his disciples. He'd taken them away to talk with them. He asked them who everybody was saying he was. They told him, well, some people think you're a prophet and so forth. And he turned to them in verse 15, Mark, Matthew 16, 15, and said, but what about you? Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, verse 17, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And he says in verse 18, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church. So you mean, remember Peter's name that his mom gave him was Simon, but Jesus nicknamed him Peter, which means the rock or rocky. And so now he's using a play on words. He says, you're Peter, you're a rocky, and on this rock I'll build my church. Roman Catholics get the idea of the Pope from this verse. We don't believe it sanctions a pope, but it does say on the apostles Jesus built the church. They became the rocks, and anyone else who confesses like Peter did becomes a living stone built on that foundation. When you say Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, you become a part of his church, the foundation. The important part is notice this, this uh, words where Jesus said, I'll build my church. It's his church. My is the key word there. The church is an institution that Jesus has built. The word church literally means an assembly, a meeting, or a gathering. It could, in secular Greek, refer to a secular gathering. The, the Greek city council was called the ecclesia, the church. But Jesus took it over and gave this word. Now we only think of it in religious terms. And it is a gathering. You come together when you confess Jesus. And we are joined together. That's why... We are so glad to have people right now worshiping online. And and for those who cannot worship in person, that's a great thing. If you're in a nursing home, if you're homebound, if you're because of the COVID, you're staying away for a while. But listen, let me tell you, that's not God's plan. The very word church means we got to come together and gather. And when this is over, we need to regather. And if you have gotten to watching it online and it's taking the place of gathering, that's not God's will for you. Now, I'm glad for, to be a secondary. We have people watch our service all over the country, and I'm glad to be a supplement. But if you can gather, you need to get up and go to a church because the very word means a gathering, a meeting, an assembly. That's God's plan for us. And he says, I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Let me tell you something. The church will never die. The church will never die. Any other institution may go. We're a part of the Southern Baptist Convention. We think that's a good institution. It helps us do missions together. But God didn't create it. We did. And it may be gone one day. The United States of America, I believe, is a great institution. I'm thankful for my country. But one day it could fall if we do not turn and repent to God. It is not guaranteed to last forever. There are a lot of other great organizations, but none of them is guaranteed to last forever except the church of Jesus Christ. Even your marriages will not be the same in heaven. You give a vow till death do us part because we'll not be married in heaven. But this institution, the church, will last forever. He says the gates of Hades will not overcome it. You don't worry no matter what happens in history, God's going to have a church. Individual churches are not guaranteed to exist. If First Baptist Church of Manchester turns away from the gospel or is not faithful or does not reach out, we could die. That's very possible. But the church of Jesus Christ, the gates of hell, will not prevail against it. And he says in verse 18, or in verse 19, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We have the keys of the kingdom. And if we keep our mouth shut, the door to the kingdom is shut. It is locked. But if we will share the good news, if we will invite people to Christ, if we'll be faithful, we have the keys of the kingdom to open the door wide to people who are about to go into the gates of Hades and they come to everlasting life. Wow! Wow! What an institution that God has given us. So now let me ask you, what's your role in the church? Are you doing your part in the church? Are you a part of this institution that God has made? So God's created these two institutions, and ideally the family and the church are to be in a mutually symbiotic relationship. Now that's a lot to say, isn't it? You know what mutually symbiotic means? They both work together to help one another an example of this in nature is like bees and flowers bees and flowers are in a mutually symbiotic relationship bees go into flowers and they eat the nectar flowers feed bees While they're in there eating the nectar, they get pollen on their legs. They fly to another flower, and they pollinate the flowers. It helps the flowers. It helps the bees. That's a mutually symbiotic relationship. Ideally, that's the way the church and the family function together. Now, if your family's broken, it may not be that way. Jesus said, you got to love father and mother. you got to love me more than father and mother. And he said, sometimes I'll even... Uh, Tear families apart. Mother in law will be set against father and against uh, daughter in law, he said. But in an ideal relationship, the families are in and church are in that mutually beneficial. Your family, if you'll get your family in church, it'll help build up the church, it'll help the kingdom work of the church. And if you will get your family in church, the church will help your family. I was so grateful as I was raising my kids to have other people saying the same stuff. I was grateful for youth teachers and children's teachers and vacation Bible school workers who were reinforcing what I was trying to say to my kids and have another voice saying the same thing. We work together to help one another. So in this relationship, your family is to be like a little church. Let me show you that in uh, Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7. In this relationship of these two institutions, your family is to function like a church. In Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7, it says, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. So in your family, there's to be the same kind of stuff that goes on in Sunday school. There's the, so to be the same kind of stuff that goes on in worship with praying and, and, and with rejoicing. And your family is to, to take that home and to be a little church. And the church is to be like a big family. Let me show you that. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 1-3, through three, Paul is writing to Timothy, who's a pastor. And he's telling him what the church should be like. And he says, do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. Do you hear the family relationship that's supposed to take place in a church there? your your family supposed to be like a church and the church is supposed to be like a family God wants us to treat one another like an extended family that you're to treat older men like fathers and older women like mothers and younger women like sisters now let me say to you that's one reason we encourage you to get connected in church because if you're just coming this one hour on Sunday morning you can't do that can you you don't know anybody well enough to be their sister or brother We don't encourage you to come to a connection group and to come on Wednesday nights to discipleship just to keep you busy. We do it because the only way we're going to live out the family-like nature of the church is if you know one another and share life with one another and connect with one another. And that's what God's plan is for the church to be like. Now, some people may not have any of these family relationships I've been talking about. You've been sitting there and saying, I don't have any kids I'm not married, I'm divorced, I'm single, I'm widowed. Let me read you the next verse. Verse 3, 1 Timothy 5, 3. Give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. And then there's a long passage telling how to do that. And it goes on to say in the verses that follow, if a widow has children or grandchildren, they're to take care of her because that family is to function that way. But if there is no family to function that way and take care of a widow in your family, then the church is to be that extended family. So I want to say to you, you don't get to choose your family. you do get to choose a church. So maybe you don't have family. Maybe you're here on Mother's Day and it's sort of a bummer of a day for you because your, your mom's gone on to, to heaven and, and you don't have many, you don't have kids, you don't have family. Let me say to you, God is your Father. Jesus is your elder brother if you have faith in Him, and He puts you in a church, and this church will be that kind if you'll give them a chance. If you'll connect, if you'll get involved and let them get to know you, then we can begin to function as these verses tell us to and be that family to widows and that family to those who do not have that physical family. That's how God wants these institutions to work. Now, sometimes we get these two that are supposed to be in a symbiotic relationship out of balance. So first of all, maybe you're here in church, but your family is not what God wants it to be. And maybe you're coming to church, but when you get home, you don't carry over any of Christ-like qualities. And there's never any Bible read in your home, and there's never any prayer at meals. There's, There's nothing that shows that relationship. And you're out of balance. Did you know a symbiotic relationship can get out of balance? Did you know there's a shortage of bees in North America? Now, both because uh, colonies have collapsed, and they're not sure why for colony collapse disorder, and also there's a shortage of wild bees, maybe because of habitat loss or pesticides, but when I was a kid in the summer, we got bee stung all the time because we went barefoot, and right now the, the white clover is blooming everywhere. You see white clover in your lawn and all everywhere, and it would just be covered in bees when I was a kid 50, 55 years ago. And there would just be bees everywhere. Now there's a shortage of honeybees. There's not as many honeybees as there used to be. They used to be everywhere, and kids would get bee sting stung all the time. Why this symbi- and, and so there's some there, there's a, a, a danger that we're losing some of the pollination of plants uh, in our in our North America because that relationship has gotten out of balance. It can happen that way with you. Maybe maybe you're coming to church. But there's some problems in your home today would you say my I'm, I'm going to do my I can't I can't control other people in my family you can't control your spouse but my part in my family I'm going to do all that I can to live out my faith in my family and bring into my family prayer and the Word of God and Christ-like living would you would you recommit that today maybe that relationship's got out of balance in the other way and you're here today but but you're really not connected to church like these verses are talking about and you and you believe in Jesus but the church is not very important and you're trying to live in your home but you're not connected to church and you've gotten that relationship out of balance and today the recommitment in your life needs to be to the institution that God founded the church Maybe some people, they raise their kids in church, and then when their kids are gone, it's like they they quit church, like it was just for their kids. They've outgrown church. Would you see that God has put these two in your life to be in balance, and you need the church in your life as much now as you ever have because God intended it in your life? Two institutions that God created for your good, for our flourishing, the family In the church, how are you investing in them? You get out of them what you put into them. Did you know I have never made a penny off of Amazon stock? There are some people who have gotten rich off of Amazon stock. Did you know that? I've never made a penny off of it. You know why? Because I've never bought any. I never made anything off Amazon stock because I never bought any. You get out of something what you put into it where are you investing are you investing in your home are you investing in your church God's given you those two institutions for his glory and for your good would you pray with me oh God thank you that you love us enough that we do not have to go through life alone thank you for our families Right now, Lord, we want to think about where we are in our families. We want to confess our sin. We want to recommit ourselves to our marriages that will stick like Gorilla Glue. We'll stick like mud on boots. We want to recommit ourselves to the tough job of parenting. There are kids that may need to say, I need to humble myself. And I need to listen. I need to submit to my parents where we are, Lord, to our church. Lord, you want us to be like family. You want us to love one another like brothers and sisters. Help us to connect, to invest, that we can fulfill that design that you have for our lives. And if there's any person here that needs to say today, I need to get connected. I need to invest in in church. Oh, God, this is a time that we commit ourselves to you. We offer these prayers in the name of Jesus. Amen. Today, you can confess as Peter did about Jesus. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. If today you want to become a follower of Christ, I'll be at the Welcome Center after our service. I'd invite you to stop by. I'll be glad to pray with you or answer questions or just rejoice with you and set up your baptism in the same way you could join our church today. You need to get connected, so you stop by. I'll have you fill out a membership form. I'll ask you about your faith and your baptism. I'll take your picture. We'll rejoice with you in being a part of our church family. We invite you to do that today. Thank you for coming. Will you
0: stand and let's sing together. We see the evidence of God's love all around us. All throughout. faithfulness has walked beside me a winter storm
3: Some of that goodness that God gives us is that we have a place to belong, and and, and I'm thankful that God gives us these places in our families and in our churches uh, to belong, and I hope that you will help people belong, and so we've got great opportunities for you to do that as we gather each Sunday and Wednesday and the other things that we do. I want to encourage you to get involved in a connection group if you haven't already. You're getting back into the swing of things with church. If you need a place to, to connect, And want to figure that out, you can go to the Welcome Center and we'll get you where you need to be. But uh, thank God that he gives us these places to belong. And uh, let's help us uh, help each other belong as we go about uh, sharing in this journey of faith with each other. I want to pray for us and we'll be dismissed. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this chance to be in your house to worship and experience your presence, God. I thank you for... uh, the belonging that we can experience in our families and in our churches, God. I thank you for our mothers and, and, and the sacrifices and the efforts they made uh, in, in the homes and, and in our lives, God. I pray that you would give strength and courage to everyone in that role. God, help us to um, help people f- to belong and to feel welcome and be connected. Uh, To you, to Jesus most importantly, but as to one another as we encourage one another and spur one another on. God, help us to live out the truths of your word. And thank you for all you've done for us. Thank you for Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.